0: Hey guys, so right before the episode starts, I just wanted to pop in, uh, ask you guys to do one small favor for me. Go to our main Instagram page, which is at Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle adventure with your friends and up to four player co-op with cross-play and cross progression on all platforms welcome to hell Diablo 4 available now rated M for mature tap the banner or visit this episodes page to learn more Skincare Anarchy all one word on Instagram and go to our bio and you'll see our link tree link in the bio. Click on it and sign up for our email list, please. We really need all of you to sign up because there are some really fantastic things that we want. We're going to be sending out um, guides and, you know, for example, our 2022 uh, picks of the year are coming up and we will have them out to you guys, you know, um, at the right time. Just I can't announce that yet, but we, they will be coming out. So if you want to catch all that stuff and you want to catch all the great, amazing content that we're coming out um digitally then please make sure you go to our link tree and subscribe to our email list and now i'm gonna let you guys go back to this amazing episode because i think you're gonna love it all right thanks you Family, welcome back to skincare anarchy. I have such an amazing guest today. I'm super excited for this interview because I have so much to learn about this topic. And I know that there are a lot of you out there that um, have a lot of questions about things that have to do with aesthetic procedures or just truly like, you know, good practices when it comes to um, things we like to get done, like facials, Botox, etc. cetera. But um, my guest today is truly a pro. She is, you know, the best of the best. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Amy Peterson. Um, Amy, welcome to the show. I'm so honored to host you.
1: Hi, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you today.
0: Likewise, I've been really looking forward to chatting with you because, you know, I can't think of a better person, like I said, to like have all these, I have all these questions, you know, around like just um, everything that you're like a master in. And so um, I would, I'm going to dive into that later, but I want to get started by you telling us about your career because it's such a phenomenal journey that you've had. I mean, you've done so much, so I would love for you to kind of walk us down memory lane, let us know, you know, how everything got started for you and um, how you chose this path.
1: Yeah. Awesome. It's definitely a journey. I think that's a great word to use for it. Um, I, be, I basically, I've always loved um, products and skincare and beauty. I think when I had like extra money growing up, like I would go to those aisles and want to try different creams and things like that. Um, but it really, my, my, my interest in it really sparked um, after college, I, in, when I was in college, I was in a bad accident, a car accident, and um, I had a lot of scarring all over my body. And I kind of changed course, changed course and changed directions in my career and wanted to like, I knew medical aesthetics was a booming industry, um, or it was going to be. And I knew that, um, there was lots of different lasers that were going to be coming on the market and I wanted to really fix my own scarring. And so I changed courses and I went into aesthetics, um, at a very young age. This is really all I've done. Um, and from there, I My husband is a surgeon and we moved out to Seattle where he did his training and I started working for a plastic surgeon and he had one laser at the time. um, And I built his whole practice over the course of nine years, bringing on lots of different devices and the companies could track utilization, right? They could track like how many tips you were using or whatnot. And they approached me a couple different companies and said, you're doing so many procedures by yourself. Like, what are you doing? And I think, you know, I was very curious about everything. So I would learn something and then take even a deeper dive and want to know more and want to know more. And, um, and that kind of led me down the clinical education, medical science liaison on path. So I was working full time running the non-invasive division, um, in Seattle, but I would also, you know, be a clinical educator and, <laughs> Train, you know, offices all along the West Coast um, once they purchased different technologies, and um, yeah, that's where I feel like I got a PhD. I didn't even know. <laughs> I say it like that because you didn't even know you were doing it. You know, you were doing your job, but kind of being a sponge at the same time. And um, and basically, I, I did that for uh, a little over a decade, and then I moved to Miami um, about nine years ago where I started training again to kind of learn the lay of the land here. And, uh, and I was inspired to say, you know, I really want to start my own. Um, I want, I want to deliver treatments the way I think they should be delivered. I want to couple technology the way I think it should be done. And, um, and then here I am today. And it seems like, a, it doesn't seem like that was, you know, two decades ago, (laughs)
0: you know, I think when you love what you do and when you're good at what you do, it just, it comes naturally and things just come one after another. So I love, you know, how you described it. And, you know, I'm really sorry to hear about your accident. I'm sure that was a, you know, very traumatic experience. Um, I can definitely see how that led you into wanting to make a change, you know, for a lot of people. So
1: that's really empowering. Yeah, no, it was, you know, these things happen and I think there's two different paths in life and I, I chose this other path and, um, And, you know, no one would ever know today that my scarring even exists, but it's a funny question. People, you know, ask you, it was like, I did it for my own selfish reasons initially. And, you know, I remember the first time being in a, in a true laser training with Dr. Bitter who, um, who created the Fitzpatrick scale. And I was like hooked. It was just like, this is my jam. (laughs) I, I love lasers. I love technology. I love what you can do. And, um, I kind of, I've just, I've, I've been like that ever since. I really love um, investing in new technology, researching it. That's part of like all the fun to me.
0: Yeah. And truly understanding. I mean, I think there's very few people, you know, I remember um, when I was going into, like, I did a lot of research before I went into med school. And I remember uh, one of my um, PIs had told me, you know, if you can teach someone how to do something, that means, you know, it. And if until that point, like you don't, you have to keep training. And so I find that to be very intriguing about your, your career is that you're a, an educator, you're a teacher, you know, and that's, um, that's really why also why I'm so excited to be speaking to you because I know that there's so much misinformation out there, not only about like, you know, laser tech, you know, laser techniques and um, the really, really science heavy stuff, but even just, you know, routine procedures, right? Like even like facials and uh, Botox and all of that. So, uh, you know, I, I can imagine like the amount of information you've gathered over the years, because I truly, I look at that stuff. And even with my, with my like medical background, I'm like, oh my God, I can't even begin to figure out, you know, like how this works, you know, what's going on. Uh, So, it's really, really um, very impressive.
1: Thanks. No, it's, I I love it. And a lot of my friends who are educators too, in different forms, I mean, we get to, um, and I say, you know, initially getting that, or earlier I said getting that PhD, it's, it's what happens is you, you basically are going to all these offices all over the country and you're training. You're also getting this unique perspective and insight to how things, how they do things, right? So, all during all that time, I also got to really understand how, you know, I would take gold nuggets from every place and then I would, you know, I wouldn't take what wouldn't serve me. And I, I ended up building this, this uh, when I launched this, I I took everything I I loved and, and it was from all these different experiences across the board. And um, that was all due to the education too. So there's so many facets of it that you get, you know, exposed to during, during that journey.
0: Now, I want to know about your amazing, um, you know, med spa. It's called The Real Skin Savant. And I would love for you to tell us about the evolution of you launching that, you know, um, you know, going solo is such a hard thing. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, you know, they'll train in something, but then they don't really have the courage to like step into that. So I would love for you to share that, that evolution with us if you could.
1: Yeah. So my, actually my spa is called Skin Care by Amy Peterson and it, 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 and then The Real Skin Savant is on my new Instagram handle and it's my new store that's up. Um, I, I basically, you know, I, I have a medical director that I hired who is a board certified dermatologist, um, you know, that oversees everything. I have, um, an ARMP and I've hired some of the best, you know, estheticians I think in the world. Um, and, and I had that draw because of the teaching component of it. So I built this practice based on, you know, for, for instance, a facial, you know, traditionally there's been nothing that has been changed about a facial since facials have been given, right? Like everyone knows the steps, everyone knows. And, and for me, I would get those facials and I would be like, I don't, I don't really think this is, there's no innovation here. Like we have all these amazing machines. Like, why are we, why are we using steam for instance? You know, steam to me causes inflammation in the skin and trapped heat. And actually I think sparks melasma, um, in a lot of people or enhances it. Um, so, you know, and why aren't we using, um, why aren't we using different modalities when we're, when we're performing these? So, you know, I, when I opened my spa, I made sure that we made a magic hour. We don't have steamers. We don't do traditional facials. If we don't let you lay there and do anything that you can essentially do at home, um, because we want you to not only look different, but feel different. So we may incorporate three or four different machines, um, vibration therapy. I mean, every time it's different, and it's funny. My clients, you know, will, will refer me to someone, and the person will say, "Well, what did she do?" And they're like, "I don't know. Just you have to go see her." And and I like it because it's customized. They know that we're treating their skin. They don't pick from a menu of services, you know, and and then have a treatment that they may not even need. You know, like it's we are we are supposed to be the experts and we're supposed to guide you. So that's what we do. Um, and then, no, and then love, a lot of, go ahead, I really
0: love the ethical aspect of aesthetic medicine, honestly, it's been something like on my radar, And honestly, like, it's just something that I've always been very curious because, you know, in med school, they teach you all this stuff about like medical ethics, right? Like they'll go into like this, like heavy information. And I've always wondered, I'm like, well, where's the where is the ethical responsibility on the on the part of like you know just routine facialists and people who are in this space and what you're saying to me here is just like it further validates that because you know um I completely agree with you you know you have to approach things in a way that's you know you're offering something that's novel you're offering something that you cannot get somewhere else or it is a step up from your you know routine at home or whatnot so you know i, I really want to know what makes something um like a tool or a device stand out to you that makes you want to use that are integrated into your services
1: so i think it has to really deliver upon the results you know recently not recently about a year ago i i got mesojet which is a machine from italy and Mm -hmm. it uses technology it uses um instead of your traditional facial where you leave with like six different creams and you feel like a glazed donut and likely (laughs) will break out this machine actually infuses at 400 miles an hour, you know, different solutions underneath the skin. So you virtually feel nothing on top of the skin, but you feel so hydrated. I mean, you go on plane rides back and forth and you still feel that like the effects of a facial are like three weeks long. So when I see technology like that, I'm like, yes, I need to incorporate it, you know, a different way of cleansing um, to get to different layers of the skin and then addressing different concerns. Like at any given point we have, you know, five or six things going on with our skin. So even when people come in and consult with me and sit down, I always ask them, like, what, what's going on with your skin? What can you tell me? And now let me tell you a little bit about it. And I- I'll tell you, more often than not, there's things in their life that they're doing that is exacerbating their condition, or they read something, or someone told them something. And, and I can see where they, to your point with ethics, they've been jaded along the way. So, you know, I made yeah. a promise to myself when I opened this, and I was going to treat everyone like my mom. And- That's a very hard, those are big shoes to fill. But what it means is, you know, for me, when I would want my mom to go to a place where she felt so. Great about having a service on there. They cared a lot about her. We call every patient the next day. We follow up with them. I have Monday morning grand rounds here at nine o'clock, and every single person in my office is here, and we go through the patients for the week because it's not just me seeing them and maybe another provider. But we stay on top of their journey. We know what skincare they are. We know when they have to switch out and take a break. You know, it's it's having some responsibility and accountability for how you're treating your patients, and if you're going to, you know, bring a lot of tech in here you want those patients to feel not only the value of the service, but of the follow-up. And you know, I don't want a client just to come in to get a facial or a laser treatment. I want them to come in and I want to be a part of their journey as they age.
0: Of course. No, that makes so much sense. I love that. I love that you do grand rounds. And I love that you have this approach. Because honestly, this is something that I've always been curious about is that, you know, you go to a, a spa, you get a facial and then done, right? Like, I, it, it never appealed to me. And I personally always felt like, you know, um, well, why am I going to do that if I can just, you know, just go and then it lasts for a day? I mean, it, it didn't, never made sense to me. But what you're saying, it, it's really resonating. Um, and really what I consider to be truly something you know where i would go and get this these kind of procedures done um just a consumer because i'm not gonna lie like i love my skincare you know hence the name of this podcast but and and so a lot of the things i do at home i'm not gonna pay someone 300 dollars to just do the same thing to my face you know what i mean so it's like yeah, it, it's a really, it's a really important thing that you're, you're really bringing up here and everyone listening, like, I hope that you can take that away from what Amy is trying to tell us, because, you know, when you go to a, a med spa or a facialist, like you should be expecting the best, like you should be expecting services that are going to elevate your experience. They're going to elevate the way you feel about your skin, and your overall health. And you can't do that if you don't follow the kind of protocol that you're describing here. Right. Amy, like, I mean, I, I don't Absolutely. know why people don't think like that. <laughs>
1: Um, I know. And I think that, that, you know, when I opened my own, that was one of my staples is like, we want to deliver how we want to deliver things. And we don't have to follow traditional, you know, guidelines like we're gonna, when you know your why going back to your education, what you said, and when you when you become proficient in something, and you know, your why, and that doesn't mean that you know how to roll a laser, or you know how to hold a hydrofacial handle, when you know why you're doing that, when you know, you know, for instance, what a chromosphore is when you're treating pigmentation, and y- you, you have the ability to understand how to pick machines and how to mix and match to make the ultimate experience. If you're just taught how to do something, how to roll, how to stock, how to do those, you know, you're not going to get that education. And and I would employ any like new aesthetician or new person that wants to get into this field. Like you have to be a sponge. Like You have to go after the information because I feel like, you know, aesthetics is a little bit different than is a lot different than going to med school and becoming a dermatologist where it's diseases of the skin. It's a lot different than plastic surgery. And there's a lot of machines that neither one of those, you know, um, those two professions actually get exposed to during that time. So if you really have the ability to chase after the education and understand your why, and that's a really important thing when working for me, then I think that you can, you know, anything's up for grabs at that point.
0: Absolutely. No, I totally, totally. And, you know, and just to like kind of clarify for everyone listening, what is the difference between a medical aesthetician and just like a normalist? How can we tell the difference and what are the key points?
1: Do you know, I don't think that, I think the tricky thing about aesthetics is it varies state to state. Um, and so I'm not really sure what each state does. Um, I think that once you're in a medical office and you're doing medical procedures, um, whatever your trained for, for that specific state, then you're more of a medical esthetician, I would say. And a regular esthetician is maybe someone at like a day spa, who isn't, you know, using machinery or performing, you know, more complex treatments. Um, but it's kind of a gray area. I think the most important thing, and I would do this with any, anybody that I was, you know, trying to get a service from, you um, you really want to know their background. You know, when you sit and have a conversation asking people the important questions, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to know it all, but it's important to come in and have the right questions and, and to really understand them because someone should be able to explain, you know, what, what these different conditions are. And also knowing your history, like there's a lot of times I'll be like, wow. Yeah. I, I know why that didn't work. And this is why, or, you know, vice versa. So I think the consult is a really important thing because as much as um, people just want to go get something done. Um, you know, if they're interviewing for someone who really wants to oversee their skin and take care of it, you know, having that good rapport and, and you will know very quickly if someone knows, you know, their stuff and it, and it does matter how much they've been exposed. I mean, I, I definitely think that there's nothing that can replace experience, um, and time. And so, yeah. you know, that's yeah.
0: I also just like to add to your point, like, you know, I love what you said, like, you'll know if someone knows their stuff, because, I'm, you know, if you go to a doctor, right, like a family doctor, you would expect that doctor to ask you, well, what's your medical history? What's your family history? What's the, you know, they would want to know these things. And if you're not doing that from a medical standpoint, regardless of what the services are, then, you, you know, it's almost like you're not getting a picture of what you're dealing with. You know, people don't tell you things readily. And if you're not asking them, how are you going to know what to do? And how are you going to know what to avoid? So I I really like that you made that point because, uh, you know, there's a lot of estheticians out there. I know there's a lot of listeners that are, you know, aspiring estheticians. They want to go down this route, but it's like, you know, this level of training and this independent level of learning is something I don't see a lot. And I don't see it being, um, you know, just propagated in the in the industry. You know, it, people aren't pushing to make people, you know, individuals understand that you have to go the extra mile. You have to want to learn. So yeah, I, I agree with you.
1: Absolutely. And the self-motivation part is <clears throat> crucial because you know, you're, you may not get it at the first place you work or the second place, but it's, I think it's your responsibility. If you're going to, how you want to show up in this world, how you want to show up in your profession. I mean, still to this day, I will never turn down a training. It's very rare. And I, I remember someone that, you know, wanted to work for me said, Oh, I don't need to learn that I already did. And I, it, it threw me. So (laughs) it just threw me off guard because that's never how I feel. It's an ever changing, um, it just ever changing. There's so much innovation coming out. There's a constant desire to learn. And every time, you know, from shadowing the doctor I worked for in the OR doing facelifts to, you know, going to a simple hydrofacial training, like there's so much that can be taken from each of them and not one is better than the other. And you just, you basically build up, you know, you just build up yeah, your experience yeah. and you build up your knowledge base.
0: Absolutely. Now I love that, I love that you're, you know, you, you're just so much on the right with this because I, I never hear people in aesthetics talk like this. I mean, it's really something that I feel like is so, um, you know, it's specific to a lot of surgeons I've talked to. Like I talked to Dr. Karam a a while ago and, you know, just to go to your point about the facelifts, like like I was talking to him, I'm like, well, tell people what fascia is, please, Dr. Karam, because, (laughs) you know, I I just, I picked his brain because I'm like, no one understands like the way to do a facelift, you know, it shouldn't be something where it's like not, going with the normal contours of your face like those kind of things are not explained so he wow. like went into that whole thing and and this just reminded me of that so I, I completely agree with you and I think uh um, with lasers this is where this is where I get really really confused I want you to like kind of walk us through um you know your magic hour facial you know what is it and what is the magical part about it because um I know that's like you know something people really rave about so I'd love to hear more about that So
1: it's um, it's our version of a facial, even though I don't like that word because it it sends a different message, you know so we we created the magic hour, and during that time we're we're basically giving you um, a facial on steroids, a tech facial on steroids. so like I said, we don't use steam. We do a whole cleansing process, whether we use, um, you know, bits and pieces of hydrofacial, there is extractions during that time. Sometimes we'll use mesojet with mandelic acid at 400 miles an hour to, you know, clean out all your pores. Um, we incorporate different vibration therapy. We incorporate dermal planing, um, we'll layer lots of different products. I'm, I curated a big selection of different products and, um, from all over that that I personally love, and we'll use them during the facial um, as well. And then we will have a time where we'll kind of address a specific concern. So it may be like, we'll use a cryo machine, um, or we may use radio frequency, you know, to kind of plump up that existing um, collagen in your face. And then we will do a mask, but that mask is, you know, whether it's like a cold mask or something like that, where we use cryoglobes um, to kind of you're getting a a feeling the whole time. Then we'll do a sweep of lymphatic drainage with a detox uh, infusion. And we'll usually finish with some type of, you know, hydration. I've also been known to bring in the Photana 4D and do a little laser facelift during that time too. So it really is very dependent, but nothing is. And there's also, you know, different massage techniques that we'll use if they have TMJ or sculpting. We use Environ Trio Wave gloves for lifting. We just incorporate a lot of different technology. You know, I, I guess I don't like to follow the rules <laughs> in aesthetics in the sense that, you know, for me, doing a 50-minute hydrofacial doesn't work. It doesn't need to be done for 50 minutes, nor does I, do I think it's effective that whole time. You know, it's, it's used for one part of it. So I look at technology, and I, I have a lot of it, and I buy it, and I say, what is this going to be used for? My biggest pet peeve is when a machine comes out and it says it's used for this 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 and you're thinking how could this do all of this especially when it doesn't even make sense that it would do these two things so i really you know allow each individual machine to take ownership for some part of it and then integrate it and then as their skin changes which it will based on lots of different variables we pivot because the skin is a dynamic organ and we we're consistently pivoting with our patients and making changes and then if we see during their fourth visit, hey, you know, let's, I always separate the skin into the mattress and the sheets. It's my little analogy that I've come up with. And I, it's the dermis and the epidermis. And I explain technology because I want you know, my my clients to understand it very well. You know, this is what's this is the kind of laser technology in the mattress. This is what's in your sheets. This is different. And they're, you know, if you're if you're worried about the mattress, you're doing the two finger lift in the mirror. If you're worried about the sheets, you kind of feel like you're absorbing light and not reflecting it. And you you see maybe some brown pigmentation and whatnot. So I give them very easy ways to identify what they're feeling. So at that fourth or fifth session, we may say, okay, you know, let's start working on your mattress a little bit and let's do a, you know, a treatment once a year, that's really customized and really great for you to keep those coils nice and firm. And then, you know, okay, maybe it's time to do some Botox. Maybe it's time to do filler the way these things were intended to, you know, not to change someone's face, but the placement of things so that we are either depositing volume where volume is lost, or we are, you know, taking away that sun damage for that year or we're slowly trying to, you know, get the, the neocollagenesis to take effect in the, in the mattress. And that's the process of producing type three collagen. So it just depends, but it's, it's really not one size fits all, you know? And I think that's what people like, like it's, they know I'm not doing something. This is what I always say, you know, just because your best friend wears a size 2016, like you wouldn't just wear that too, because, if you were a size 30, that would just be silly and the face should be no different. So it's very, um, it's just very patient client specific.
0: Yeah. It's customized. It's custom as it should be, you know, everything. This is something that's I think at the real core of, I guess, good skin health or just products that we as consumers gravitate towards, I think is this idea of, you know, true customization and going to the right people who can, who have the knowledge and the understanding like yourself that can, that can customize, you know, not everyone is able to do that. And it really goes back to what you were saying. It's like, you know, if someone knows their stuff, they're going to be able to look at you and say, okay, this is what you need focus on. And and I actually want you to talk to us a little bit more about that because I know there's a lot of people out there right now that are just, you know, they run to clinics and they're like, I want this laser therapy and this. So can you give us, I, I know it's hard, but like maybe like a, a good starting place, right. For someone who's never done any laser treatments or never, like I've never had Botox. I've never done laser, I've done nothing like that. So I wanted to learn from you. Like if I were to go and, and visit you at your spot, what are some of the first things you would tell me or the things that you would really analyze, um, that would tell you about what I need?
1: You know, I, well, I think I would first start out. I always take pictures, even though I'm sitting right across from them because I want to see them in every angle. So I look at their pictures while I'm looking at them and then while they're talking to me initially and I ask them, "Tell me a little bit about your skin journey." You know, and it may be nothing. I literally have never done anything with my skin. Or it could be very extensive, right? But yeah. it's important to note. And then from there, I just, you know, I tell I ask them to tell me what what sticks out. What is like the one thing if you could wave your magic wand that you would kind of fix or improve today. And then we start talking about a lot of different things you know symmetry of the face and you know that pigmentation is it a melasma thing is it something that can't be cured but it can be managed you know it goes down all these different avenues I asked about their product regimen because I think there's a lot of misconception with you know as I think social media is amazing you know the days of Instagram shopping and and seeing what other people are doing out there you know it can be really misleading and then you also have to realize depending on the company like who, who's backing this company, you know, and, and also how much money do they have for marketing? You know, some of the greatest lasers aren't marketed and some of the ones I'm not a big fan of are all over the place, you know? And, and so just like everything else, you know, it's, I think it's one of those conversations where more often than not, not only do I tell you what I think, but I also tell you why I don't think these other things and I have a reason for that or, or whatnot. So it's very extensive. I would say that people put limitations. Like one of the things I hear the most is, oh my God, that person's too young for Botox. But the truth is it has nothing to do with age, right? It's a muscle. And you could see it really an 18 year old girl who has the most active frontal muscle. And you could see a 90 year old woman who really doesn't. Right. So, and, and some people feel like they just need to get Botox because like they need to join the club. But they don't need to do anything. They just need to do what's for them. So I think taking, it depends on what age you're at, but we either take like a preemptive approach to it and you're starting out really young or we're kind of like, Hey, we're in corrective mode. And that's when we're trying to address something, whatever it may be. And then I kind of put them in fun maintenance mode. And that's when I say, okay, now we can glow factor and do all these things that are just fun that you see happening that are great for your skin. But don't start doing, don't, you know, don't put the carpet before the horse. Don't start doing those when you have this underlying pigmentation or some other issue. So we work. And then it's also like, you know, I, I don't, I want someone to feel very good about what they're doing. So we go at a pace that's really comfortable for all of us, you know, and, and a timeline. That's really great. I also think I'm not, I'm known to basically incorporate a lot of their own products that they're using. One of my favorite products in my whole place is Fourteen dollars. It's bioderminal micellar water. (laughs) Like it doesn't have to be so expensive. You know, it doesn't have to be those ways. And there's hero products in each line, and and I will make sure that you know that person if they if they can only get one product or if they're only going to use one product, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get them the most the most impressive one for their skin. Um. So it, it's really just working with the people they are and, and the situation that you're in. Um. But I want. I think it's very important to come full circle. I'm very big into before and after pictures. I'm big into the journey. You know, weddings for me are always so fun. Like getting a bride ready, because like there's an end date. You know what I mean? So we're like racing to the finish line. Um, but then more often than not, I mean, I still have clients that fly here from Seattle. One was just here the other day. I mean, I've been treating her skin for almost two decades. She looks literally amazing. Like she's like, I tell people like you should have just gone to Amy 20 years ago, and and it was just. <laughs> all this preemptive maintenance, you know what I mean? Like little things to do when she needed them, not um, yeah. overboard.
0: No, I love that. And I love that you're, you mentioned that because I think when it comes to aesthetic procedures, um, there's this, um, you know, misconception that they're like, you know, it, it's like, go get Botox when something goes wrong or that when you start really noticing the the terrible, you know, uh, sagging in your skin or whatever it is. Right. But it's like, I really like that you know, you should be taking care of your skin, and if you're able to go early and really get an analysis of your skin and and the way that it's aging, I think that is more important than anything. And one of the things I really wanted to touch on um, that you actually brought up was this idea of you know mainstream, um, like just I guess marketing terms or people knowing what the you know what the technologies are called. Because, for example when robotic surgery came out, who knew what the Da Vinci was, you know, In, on Grey's Anatomy, they mentioned the Da Vinci and everybody knew who it was. And I feel like that's what Botox is like. Somebody started, you know, talking about Botox a lot. It went viral and now everybody wants Botox because that's the only word they've ever heard. They've never heard of all these amazing laser technologies that you're, you know, incorporating. So it, it really, for me, um, it comes down to like, where do people get their information and when do they decide like, oh, I need this aesthetic procedure over this one, you know, I I am not a fan of Botox in the sense of like, I think, you know, there's a lot of data around how, um you know, Botox does cause, you know, in long term sagging of the skin, and it does cause, you know, like, for example, ptosis in some individuals, but you know what i what i want to see more of in this industry and something that you you're really touching on is this um i guess normalization of these words and these names of these machines, because I think more and more people, the more they know about it, they're going to be like, wait a minute, I don't need to get, you know, injected with filler or Botox. I need to go get this laser treatment instead, or I need to go get analyzed, you know, and and figure out what I really need. And I I don't know, I just think that it's a long journey, but I, I would love to see the industry kind of go into that direction. Um, You know, what you described.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times a person has come in here and says, okay, I want to do these, but I, my husband or me, I don't want to look like that. And what they'll usually say is, is a person who's very overdone or appears to be, you know, very injected or, or whatnot. And so what I tell them is, you know, that, that person may be the outlier. It's just the focus is on them, especially if it's a celebrity or something like that what, what people aren't seeing is the countless women such as myself walking around with little things done here and there. Your husband doesn't see that as that person. There's million of us out there and no one knows (laughs) that we're normal people too. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think that you have to go to someone who has your same aesthetic in mind, who has, who has identified that um, and, and understands that, you know, the industry as a whole, just like any industry more, is just more, right. That's all it really is. You know, it's, you need to do what's appropriate and right for you and for how you feel. Um, I do think the preemptive approach is really important. And I do think that, you know, there's a lot of good in our industry. I think it all goes back to, you know, the provider, right? Like yeah. If you get TOSIS from Botox, it's not Botox fault. You know what I mean? It, it's not <laughs> at the end of the day. It's, it's where it was injected. So, you know, going to someone who has great training, whether it be, you know, a plastic surgeon or, you know, a dermatologist or an ARMP or an RN, like some of the best injectors I've ever seen are RNs. They do a lot of cases. So you want someone who has a lot of experience and you want someone who knows the face really well. And also in that consult, you know, if someone I believe is really talented is, when they're talking to you, they're looking at all these different symmetries. They're understanding what is pleasing to the eye. They're seeing the little voids here and there. Like, you know, no one, I always tell people, if anyone ever compliments you on your filler, when you walk out of my office, that's a problem. Like you should not know that, you know, that's a problem for me. I wouldn't want that. So, you know, that's my aesthetic approach to it. And it's also skin health. Um, And it's also the way you show up in the world. I I just, I am, I'm a firm believer that like the way you look, it's, this is not vanity, right? This is not how yeah. I run my business. It's the way you look is how you show up. And it's well-documented that if you look better, like, you feel better. It's a part of you. Um, it's, it's feeling like, you know, you can go tackle the world. It's just. It's self-care. It's self-care. It's self-care. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really important part of it. And I think you know, it goes back to not feeling like a number, not feeling like you're on an assembly line of getting the next treatment that has, you know, I often have treatments that no one's even heard of that I found that I think are the most amazing things. I, you know, I have a network of, of providers all over the world that I speak to before I buy technology, different trainers and whatnot. And I know protocols, we know what we're doing. We take it to the next step all the time. Like it's just a place where, you know, it's, We're providing super safe, effective treatments, but you know, it doesn't have to be mainstream. Like it doesn't, everyone has to realize the power of marketing now. And, and, you know, I am going to do a video on this one of these days on my Instagram, but it's, it's going back to the basics. Like there's a lot of names for lasers out there, for instance, and people get so confused and I could see it's like products, right. But like, you got to get down to the basics, right? So I always tell people, let me tell you the nine things that are out there, eight or nine, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then we tell you all those names that fall into it. So we could go take it back to like automobiles, right? <laughs> That's like lasers. And then you could say like a car, a motorcycle, an SUV, a this. But, you know, for instance, an IPL or, an, or BBL, there's 30 different kinds. So people are throwing around all these names and they don't know that the foundation part of it is an IPL, right? Or an BBL. They also don't realize that there's variations to price and and how that you know, laser was manufactured and that, that takes into account the quality of it. So, you know, and then the laser companies want to confuse you one step further and they'll, they'll create their own little, you know, names of procedures within a laser. So I would say, go back down to basics, like what technology works really well for me and, you know, or let's explore that. And then let's kind of do that. And then also let's pivot, right? Your body is constantly trying to reach homeostasis. Your skin is too. This is why using products for long periods of times, they stop having this, an effect on you, just like your hair with dry shampoo. It'll eventually figure it out. So, yeah, changing, so- up, <laughs> changing up the game is important, you know, changing technology.
0: No, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And I think, uh, you know, it's so, so important what you're saying, because, you know, people hear the word laser, and they I don't even know, like, what goes through their mind, because let's be honest, there's not enough information out there that's, like, understandable for consumers. So just to give um, everyone listening a little bit of a background, um, just so that everyone's going into their, you know, uh, the people that they're going to just a little bit more informed, what is, like, a 101, if you were to do, like, a really quick rundown of, like, laser treatments, um, what should we Know, you know, just as if I've, you know, I'm a full beginner, right? 101. Like, I want like just the basics. What would you tell me um, that I should know going into a med spa?
1: I would say that there's, you know, you're probably going to find, you know, three types of lasers at most offices. One of them is going to be a light based laser, there's a light emitted from it, and that's your, you know, IPL or BBL on that. That's basically what is. Um, it's going after pigmentation, and so, for instance, if you're a Caucasian woman and you have brown spots, so it the laser goes on the skin and it pulls up the brown because it has a nice white background, right? You can mm. get into trouble with that light-based laser as you are a darker skin type. That is a big problem. That could be a very dangerous laser. Taking that into account is so important. So you know we stay away from certain things. I would say, you know, you need to know your ethnicity and your skin really well. Um, as far as like what I think should kind of stay away from and what is is very safe for me. Then, you know, there is fractional laser. Um, there's lots of different types of that. You've probably heard of Fraxel. Um, you've probably heard there's fractionated hand pieces on a lot of different platforms. Um, and that's more yeah. for you know, you're resurfacing. Some of those wavelengths are for pigmentation as well, the, um, a miniature version being clear and brilliant, which is one of my, you know, favorite ones. Um, and then, you know, you, you're kind of at a laser territory. Um, I would say if you basic 101, start with those two. You have your erbium, your YAG, and your CO2. Traditionally, think sex in the city, complete <laughs> ablation, lots of aquaphor, which we, you know, is, is not done as regularly as it used to be. Um, And then you kind of get into radio frequency, microneedling. So the radio frequency stuff, then you get into ultrasound. Um, So you're kind of looking at like what platform it is. I would say the most important thing is, you know, what are the contraindications and what, how does, how does my skin type show up in this is very important. Um, And then, you know, from there, I, I would always start, especially like a newbie going into something like it's never great <laughs> to jump to the the most extreme, right? You know, you could start with something really light and safe and effective um, and, and kind of see where that takes you. And once again, it kind of depends on an indication. I think that a lot of um, consumers jump on names of things, but they don't even know if they really need it, right? They, it's just, it, they're not even really quite sure what it's going to do um, and they're misled. So I had a woman come in the other day and she's like, I have to tell you, no one in my has ever told me the truth. Like you told me the truth and like delivered it. And I said, yeah, it's a lot easier just to tell the truth and deliver the results than it is to promise you something that's not going to happen. Um, right. so I think that's really an important, an important thing. Like you need to know your patients and then be very honest with like, um, setting the, the expectation for them. So they really know I take them. I've, pretty much done every single thing in my office. I'm sure I have. And I know exactly, <laughs> exactly what it's like from day one, minute one till the end. And I tell yeah. them even on some of them, I say on day two, you're going to want to call me and say, you didn't go strong enough. Oh, Amy didn't go strong enough. Cause I was, you know, whatever. And I go, that's not the case. Cause it doesn't set until day three. Like someone should be able to take that you through that journey. I believe in everything that I have here. And, um, and, and I'm very aware of what is, you know, what's important to treat each skin type. And I think having worked in Seattle, where there's a lot of Asian skin types, having worked in DC, where there is a lot of African-American skin types, and then having worked in Miami, where there's a lot of, you know, um, Latin, I've, I've seen every single kind of skin type. And I, and, yeah. and that's, that's been a gift for me.
0: That's very important, actually. That's really, really important. And I think that's probably something that sets you apart more than anyone in this space, because, you know, if you this is something that I'm very passionate about, actually, like, you know, this idea of not only, you know, medical professionals, but just, you know, just everybody, we have to start discussing the differences in different skin types and understanding that not this, you know, your skin color it's, it's more than just a racial, you know, conversation. It's about really understanding like what that means for skin health and how it matters. And I think that by going to someone like such as yourself, that's the safest thing you can do is to go to someone who's experienced. You know, if, if I were to go and say tomorrow, I want to do laser, laser procedures, you're, you're the first person I would call, you know, because I know that and it's because of your training it's because of your education and your background and your experience and you know that's something that I I really get frustrated when I see like 15 spas that are open you know what I mean like down the road and I'm like well why the hell do we have so many people doing this and then it makes it so hard to differentiate between like the people who really know their stuff and don't I mean I've gone into so many places you know uh, med spas or you know just common spas where the only people they're used to treating are Caucasian women. You know, and it's like, well, I get nothing from their facials. You know what I mean? Like I get nothing from it because it's like, I don't think you know how to target my skin type. I don't think you understand what's wrong with my skin. And it, it and it's true because you know, even growing up, like in high school, I used to even notice, like, you know, as a teenager, like, you know, Caucasian skin is very different than my skin. Like I'm Indian, you know. So at that age I knew there are differences in skin just based off of, you know, how much melanin is being expressed, you know. So it's it these are very, very important points. And I really urge everyone listening like you know if there's one thing you take away it's what amy is saying it's just you need to go to someone with experience you got to you know you got to do the digging you gotta like really look into the background of the individuals that you're trusting with your skin health because you know at the end of the day if something goes wrong you can't you can't blame you know you can't blame somebody else you have to put some of that and do your own homework you know so I, I i really like that you said that um i want to actually ask you that Amy because i know that you know everyone listening loves good skincare products right and i would love to hear your top five must-have uh skincare products for like maintenance and just you know things we need to um just maintain our overall skin health
1: Okay, that's a very exciting question for me. So my number one, I, I'm obsessed with the Elastin um, SPF. It's a mineral sunscreen and it has a tint on it. It makes like almost anyone look beautiful. Um, I've used it on darker skin types too. It's amazing. Um, and it just gives like a really nice coverage. Um, and I'm a big believer in, you know, in sunblock, um, obviously year round. And I think you have to love the sunblock that you use in order to actually use it. So I always want people to get a good one. Um, I'm also obsessed right now with, um, MBR has a cream called Luminous Pearl Extreme. Um, Mm. And it's it's an amazing cream. It has um, some crushed pearls in it, which really help with pigmentation. The one, it's very light, but it's very hydrating. Um, So it doesn't feel like a thick grandma cream on you. But the coolest thing is the dispenser. It only allows you to dispense a little bit of cream so you don't overuse it and you're not sticking your finger into it, which I love. Um, So sometimes it's also the delivery. Um, I said micellar water, bioderma, micellar water. I'm obsessed with, I can't tell you how many times that I think people are putting products on their skin and it's not clean. Like just because they did a like four minute, you know, face wash. So I think- The micellar water is amazing to just make sure you have all the residue off and it gets your, you know, eye makeup off because what's, you know, what's the point of great skincare if, if all your pores are blocked? Um, (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. Um, I am obsessed with these two new products. Well, no, they're not new, but they're two products together. Um, from Environ for the body, they're called DermaLac lotion and contouring cream. My husband literally told me, like, my skin is abnormally soft, like, and it's getting weird. He's like, I don't, I don't even know if it could possibly get softer. But for any of those little lumps and bumps and KP, you know, on your on your body um, or, or any kind of dry skin, it's amazing. And the best thing is, you know, I'm super busy. I have two small boys. Like, you just mix them together and like throw it on real quick when you get out of the shower. So it's very efficient. Um and then I would say I'm really loving um Augustinus Bader's um new serum that he came out with. I think it's oh it's my god, amazing. I'm obsessed with that entire line. Also Elastin I'm
0: obsessed with too. I love all your picks.
1: <laughs> yes, and actually like I could go on and on. Like I love the Nectar and I love other, you know, the the cleanser from AB, but I think like you know, I think people also use products wrong or don't layer them properly or use too much or switch too often. So, um, you know, there's, there's just, it's just, you need to go to someone that can help you. And I would just not say, you know, going to Sephora and just randomly like picking stuff that you read about. It just may not be for you.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That is such a Star point, like I wish I could just highlight that, you know, because that's exactly what people do—is they have this like huge shopping list, especially with the Sephora sale, and they're just like, I need this, 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 and this, because all the influencers I watch, you know, it's that's so I I cannot tell you if there was one wish I had for everyone out there who's a skin enthusiast, um, you know don't, please don't do that. You know, you really don't need to do that. And that's really what leads to skin being, becoming like overly sensitized is this concept of, well, let me just go pick up everything that everyone I love loves. No, (laughs) please don't do that. And by
1: the way, Becky (laughs) at Sephora, who's, you know, 17, she, she doesn't, she may not know if something goes wrong, nor should she, right? Like people ask me all the time, what's the difference of buying a medical grade skincare product versus Sephora. Well, we carry things that like, if you have a problem or there's an issue, like we, we work you through it. And sometimes there needs to be a little bit of a downtime with the product to get adjusted to it, but we guide you through that. So it's, you know, I, I think Sephora is a wonderful place and I love their makeup and I love it, but you know, have, have some guidance about what you're doing before you just randomly go shopping is what I would say.
0: Absolutely, no, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. And also, I just wanted, to, Amy. I wanted to recommend. I'm sure you've already heard of the brand, but um, I've been using Dr. Koo's line lately, and it's phenomenal. Like it's so good. <laughs> like I I feel and like. Well, well, I
1: heard you talk about it. I'm excited. I want. I haven't. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm. I'm dying okay. to.
0: I feel like you're going to really like it and I want to hear what you think about it too so but that was just a side point but I agree with you about the Sephora thing like I've gone into Sephora so many times and it's like you know yeah Becky or Karen like you know they don't know and they don't know they're just kids and they're they have a daytime job and they're not professionals you know it just it cracks me up when I see like people just coming to the Sephora people and be like tell me what
1: to do tell I me know. what to do I know
0: yeah, but okay. I have one final question for you, Amy, and it's um, very much uh, pertaining to this month, which is rosacea month. So, everyone listening who, who deals with rosacea, or if you have a family member that suffers from it, um, I would love to get um, some of your expert tips and advice about rosacea um, that you know everyone here can kind of incorporate.
1: Yeah. So, for me, um, you know, I think that you know anyone that I've ever in my journey in skincare when people have used different prescription topicals i haven't seen them work very well um mm-hmm. and the efficacy like they just end up not doing it um i i believe um you know dr zane has talked about it being a over oil production which is so crazy to think about because people feel so dry but i really with i think he's exactly right with it and i think it's a balancing act um, and so i i think that you almost produce so much oil you become dry in a way. So we typically use zio products um, and the new product rosatrol and we kind of help try to change the pH of your skin. We also do I think it's a maintenance type of um it's a condition that requires maintenance. So we use like a, a vascular laser to try to you know help that inflammation um in the skin. But you know a lot of people exacerbate things with what they're doing. I I, I always think back to this story. I, I We basically got this woman's melasma and she had a vascular melasma. So there was a red component to it, completely under control. It looked amazing. And then I saw her a month later and this was when I worked in Seattle and she looked back to where she was and I couldn't believe it. Like, there's no way. And what? you know, lo and behold, she was a hot yoga instructor, which I never thought to ask. And she had been in a hundred and whatever degree heat every day for 90 minutes a day, like exacerbating all of this. So, you know, it's funny because I always tell people, one of the, the, the devices, devices, one of the things I sell the most of at home is an ice roller, you know, to keep your skin at a, a better temperature when, after you work out or if you're at the beach, you know, it's not just about the sun. It's about that trapped heat in the skin. So rosacea to me is very similar. You know what I mean? There's things that will really exacerbate it. And I just say, listen, this is your thing. Rosacea is your thing. Melasma is your thing. And these are the things that are not going to help. So let's try not to do those things. And that's kind of where, you know, my job and their job together is to kind of manage those, those together.
0: So basically stay away from anything that's inflammatory, like heat and like, you know, just things that are going to really just make your skin go, ah, like just, you know, irritated. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Your skin doesn't want to be in that inflamed state whatsoever. So when you're doing that and you're dealing with trapped heat or you're dealing with products that are really irritating or makeup with alcohols in it or things like that, you know, it, you could ha- be on the best product line. But then I, I that's also when I'm in the consult with you, I, I like really know your life because <laughs> like I know what you're doing, because that was a lesson to me, you know, over a decade ago about this. Like, God, if I had asked for that, I could have nip that in the bud. But I didn't even think to ask that question. So now I ask everything. And I think it's important because a lot of, you know, this is just one component of it. You know, it's like when you, when you have a great personal trainer, right. Everything in life is a maintenance thing. You have this amazing personal trainer and you get the body of your dreams. You're not going to just like, you're not going to expect that person to maintain that without the personal trainer out in the real world. If you aren't doing your job, right. Like you have to change too, or you have to avoid certain things maybe going forward too. So, you know, it's, I think it comes down to like, how much do you want this and how much, you know, do you want to have this great skin and try these things? I do feel bad sometimes that people maybe have gone to those places that you're talking about or whatnot, and they feel they've been jaded. So sometimes I just want to give them a hug at first and be like, that's not what this is about. Like, and this is why I think these things haven't worked in the past, a real reason. And this is why I think this will work, you know? And- And I just had a woman the other day come in and I was like, can you just write a review? Because I'm trying to tell people I feel bad for all these jaded people out there, like simple, simple, simple things um, that, that maybe they have to change. And it's just, you know, someone taking a deep dive.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I can't, I can't imagine your frustration with that because honestly, like, you know, I can, as a doctor, I can. I deal with patients that are like, well, this is what's wrong with me. And, you know, they're traumatized, right? Like they're traumatized. They don't want to go through that again, or they they're scared or they're, they've got like so many questions. So I can only imagine, you know, especially with something like skin where we all, it's, it's our first impression in the world. You know, when we go out, we want it to be handled with care. We want to see results that last. I mean, these are all things that we have, we have expectations. And as you you know earlier it's all about managing those expectations you know as a medical practitioner so I you know it's, it's a tough job and I think you know if anyone's listening out there and you're considering you know any kind of aesthetic procedure please seek out Amy's services Um, <laughs> go experimenting please uh, it's you know she's she's the pro here okay go to the pros these are the people that we want to go to because at the end of the day the money you invest in the services that you're getting from a professional is going to go way further and it's going to be in the long run cheaper and more economically beneficial for you than just going to somebody who's selling a facial for like fifty dollars you know what i mean it's not it that's gonna be something you go to again and again and again and you're wasting money like that's a big problem that i see in the in the industry with people is that they just they go to the these places that seem like oh this is a cheaper place or this is a bargain but it's like what are you really doing to your skin you know I mean is it really helpful it's not most of the time so you know if my advice no, is I, seek out I, the pros
1: <laughs> I couldn't agree more and to be honest with you like if it's you know it goes back to if it's too good to be true then then it's probably <laughs> is you know what I mean like it probably is I I remember I went to high school with a one of my friends and her mom said to me, you know, one day she said, you know, just remember cheap is expensive. And that doesn't mean that what we have here is so expensive and you should do that. I don't want to do that either. You know, that's, that's unethical, but if it's too good to be true, if Botox is $1.99 a unit, that's not true because that's <laughs> not even costs from allergens. So that's really <laughs> concerning. You know what I mean? Like, don't yes. do that. Like that should be red lights going off. Um, and, and be like, this isn't, you know, this isn't a good provider. The other thing is if, you know, for most of these lasers that people should know is that if you are a true provider and you bought the laser from the company that provides the training, you know, you should be on a physician locator and you should be able to go on that company's and you should, that person who's doing it should pop up. And I think that's, you know, one kind of piece and, you know, place that's put in, or I'm sorry, one thing that's put into place in order for people to know that, Yes, this person's a real provider. Now, some websites don't have them, but you know, you could usually go on there and find a physician locator and say, okay, these are the people that have this device that I'm interested in, and you know, go essentially interview them and kind of see if it's a good fit.
0: Absolutely, I love that, and I, I really like that. Thank you for sharing that because I think um, those are the little tools and tricks that really people don't don't know about. They don't know that they can do that, you know. And I think um, if we have that kind of avail you know, availability, like we should be utilizing that as consumers and and rather than going on to TikTok and being like, oh, what's my favorite influencer doing today? You know, that's don't waste your time doing that. Go on to go do your homework. You know, really, that's what it comes down to. Um, I love it though, Amy, you're, you're such a pro and I love everything you said. I, I'm just so honored that you had the time to come onto the show and share all this amazing information. Um, I would love to have you back anytime that your schedule allows. (laughs) Um, So Hello?
1: Yes, sorry, I had to cut out for a second.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I was just saying like, I, I would love to have you back anytime. And you know, if you ever have the time, I'd love to bring you on for specific topics, because I know a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of confusion out there in the aesthetic space. So I, I definitely think this is a great starting place for everyone listening. Um, you know, make sure that you listen to this episode, listen to it again, if you have to, you know, it just, just educate yourself. So um, I will link everything in the information for this episode in the art. Um, definitely reach out to us and leave us a rating on Apple podcast, Spotify podcast. We love hearing from you guys. If you have any questions for Amy's team, please leave them in the comment section. Um, like I said, in the art, and we will definitely pass them along to our team. And yeah, thank you, Amy. This has been so wonderful.
1: Thank you so much. It's been so fun and I'd love to come on again.
0: Awesome.